Hello, hello, hello. I'm Janessa Prudholm, wife, mom, Jesus lover, and your podcast host. You're listening to the hashtag Create Your Earth Life podcast. This podcast has converted with me from new age to Christian, and the goal here is to help you grow in your faith through Bible studies, testimonies, and real life experiences. At the end of each episode, I sprinkle on a faith-based entrepreneur tip, helping you expand the kingdom through your business. So ex-New Agers, newborn Christians, mamas, entrepreneurs, and those who want to grow in their faith, you have come to the right podcast. Say a prayer, grab your drink of choice, and let's get growing. Hey guys, I am super excited about today's podcast episode. We are going to have a guest. His name is Joseph, and he is going to be sharing his testimony of being an atheist and then going to New Age, and then Jesus saves him. So buckle up, get ready, because this is an amazing testimony, and I'm so excited about it. And I just, I pray it strengthens your faith. And if you're a non-believer, I pray that this helps you have your eyes opened and you see how amazing Jesus is, how amazing Jesus is today, how amazing Jesus is 2000 years ago, how amazing Jesus is and will be tomorrow. All right, guys, enjoy and God bless you. All right. There we go. (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name's Joseph. I'm uh, in London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I was recently saved in the past few months by Jesus Christ, and uh, I'm just really excited to be sharing my testimony and and also hearing the testimony of others. And I think it's the process of fellowship that's really um, got me very um, motivated to do this. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to have you here. Um, I love hearing people's testimonies. I don't know anything much at all about your testimony. Um, You found me on Instagram and asked to share. And so I'm super excited to have you here. And um, as I said before, before we came on here, I just pray that your testimony will help strengthen other people's faith as well as open some eyes of non-believers. So thank you for being here. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So let's jump right in. Um, Were you a believer at all before? Like, did you believe in God or where did you come from um, when it comes to your beliefs before Jesus? So, I mean, if I go back to like my early childhood, I was raised in an agnostic and atheistic family, Um, but I had a strong sort of Christian influence from my grandparents on my father's side. And uh, especially my grandmother, her faith was very, very strong. She was a very, you know, she was a, she would, she's what you would imagine like a real saved grandmother, how she would be like very calm and like very loving. And then adding in that love of Jesus, it's just, she was such a great example. And I think when I was really young, before I was so heavily influenced by media and all that stuff and, and, you know, Hollywood, um, I remember, you know, I was, there was times where I would like, before my report card, I think in grade one, I was praying to God that I'd get good marks. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think I intuitively believed in God early on. Um, 
but it didn't take long for the world and society around me to really pollute that. So I think it was around 12 or 13, a couple different things happened that turned me off of God completely. Um, and I would say the, the, the main one was seeing other Christians around me in my family, nominal Christians at best. I was just really disappointed and thought, you know, if that's what Christianity is, you know, when I started to think for myself at 12, 13 years old, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, these were very judgy people. Um, They did not live by what they said they were living by. And, you know, you can see in people's eyes when there's love and there's joy and there's peace and there's happiness, as Paul said. And then you can see when there's judgment and there's self-righteousness. And I think those two things, especially self-righteousness, really turned me off uh, from Christianity. Um, I was exposed to a couple of Catholic churches, and I don't have anything against the Catholic Church. I'm, I don't have any problems with denominations. Um, I just found it to be. Hold on, you just paused. Are you still there? It didn't feel like there was any life in it. Uh, sorry, did I lose you there for a second? Yeah, you did. You said, um, I lost you at when you said uh, the Catholic Church, you found it to be. Uh, just super boring okay. um, with, you know, without life. So I, I didn't feel any life. So there was that. And then also, um, you know, Hollywood really portrays Christians as kind of like uh, superstitious and maybe uh, fanatical and maybe not very intelligent or not really wanting to be, you know, just relying on the Bible, which now I'm so proud of, but at the time I <laughs> thought was, you know, really ridiculous. Um and then also I, I encountered my first new age, which at the time I did not know what it was, um, sort of ritual. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I feel, I think we're around the same age. I think you said you were like 28 or something, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, so you probably remember the movie Insidious in 2009. I've, I've heard of it. I'm not sure I've seen it. So it was like a horror movie about a kid and he, he does this astral projection thing. And uh, right away that, that piqued my interest. And I started studying that really intensively. So I got into lucid dreaming and astral projection. And that was really like the door that opened into that new age spirituality, because I realized very early on, well, this is real. You know, there is, uh, there is a truth to the, to the new age stuff. Um, it's not what we thought it was or what I thought it was, but, but there is a truth to it. So I started doing that for years and, and it didn't take long. I became a very hardcore atheist, like, militant atheism. I was, you know, I pushed that hard on people all throughout high school. Um, you know, I made fun of, uh, people that were Christians. And again, the, the nominal Christianity, it it kind of, it encourages that, um, these people never read the Bible. So they didn't have any scripture backing them up. They weren't standing on the rock of God and his word, like it says. So it was so easy to push them around. And that's kind of the headspace I got into where it was like, you know, I'm better than you because I'm smart and I'm reading science and you're believing in some ancient mythology. And I did that all the way to university. Um, And that was just, you know, I just, I just want to say, you know, the, 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 the Christians themselves, the lukewarm Christians were the biggest obstacle to me because the influence that their uh, behavior had was that I, I just, ascribe the entire religion to their to their behaviors i thought that's you know that must be how 
Jesus was self-righteous and looking down on people and judgmental. And, uh, it was a it was a huge stumbling block for me to be around nominal Christians and to just see you know this is this is not at all what I what I would want to do with I mean this is this is terrible and I can come up with my own ethics. Um, yeah, where were we there? I lost my my train of thought there for a second. Um, well, you just shared something that uh, I really really enjoyed hearing was that the problem for you was being around lukewarm Christians. And I think that is huge because there are people who want to live in the world and they want to live as Christians and they, they love God, but they also, you know, love their flesh. And that can be a serious problem if we are living lukewarm lives, because we are not living how Jesus is asking us to live. And then that is the example we are giving to the world. And we are not encouraging others to, get to know Jesus. You know, that's like one of the biggest things is sharing God's word and, um, helping people have a relationship with Jesus. So if we're living a lukewarm life, we're not showing them everything that Jesus provides for us and we are not glorifying him. So I think that's really amazing. And that's basically where you're at is saying that the problem for you was lukewarm Christians. Oh yes. Thank you. That's, that's a great recap right there. And it, it is so true, right? The, uh, the the lukewarm Christianity was a huge stumbling block. And so I went into university and I started to get more serious with the uh, astral projection and the lucid dreaming. Um, and it got to the point where I was, you know, actually becoming very skilled at it. Um, so that was also a, a, a big hindrance because I was getting, um, you know, I was seeing that there's, you know, there's a, a power, so to speak, in doing that. Um, not feeling any of the grace of the Holy Spirit. So this was my reference point was that, okay, there's this, there's this power, there's this, you know, without sounding like a mystical or anything, but there is something to say about being able to control your dreams. There is this feeling of, okay, now I can control my, my sleep. And when I'm asleep, I have full control of what experiences I have and what I'm doing in them. So that's, you know, there's a feeling of power to that. So I got really deep into that. And uh, in 2018, so I'm going through university in 2018, uh, sorry, 2017, I encountered a, a, a university professor, psychology professor, um, Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you've heard of him. And, yes. you know, I know that he's a controversial figure for a lot of people, so I'm not going to get into any political stuff. Uh, but his his biblical series lectures. I actually watched many of, I watched all of them, but I saw a couple of them live in, at the University of Toronto. And, uh, you know, he opened my eyes to the Bible, at least having some utility, because I had been reading all throughout university, all of the philosophy books I could get my hands on, all of the psychology books. I really wanted to know why people are the way they are. Why do they act the way they do? You know, why is there so much atrocity and suffering in the world? to such a degree that it's, you know, it's almost unfathomable. And why do people in Canada and the United States, people walk around as if they are generally good people, but they don't really realize that deep down they have the potential to be just the same as those people who commit those, those things. They're just, they're in an environment that doesn't cultivate that and that doesn't encourage that. Um, But they're just as capable, including me, I'm just as capable of committing terrible, terrible acts as somebody who was a, uh, a, a prison guard at a Nazi Auschwitz uh, camp, right? It's like those people weren't unique. They were just people who were 
in a really bad environment and they got sucked into something really bad. And so that was a big thing for me, um, researching that. And Jordan Peterson's lectures, I had always, I'm sorry, it's a bit chaotic. Like you said during your testimony, it's a bit all over the place. Uh, it's, uh, it's a bit all over the place right now. So I hope That's you're okay. okay with that. No, it's going great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I needed to, I needed God to show me at that time. I, God showed me that the Bible has some utility. That's how he cracked the door open. Peterson was saying that there is a poetic aspect to the Psalms and there is a lot of psychological metaphors in Genesis. And I was like, okay, so I, you know, I'm listening to his whole series is on Genesis. So these three hour lectures, there's I think 12 of them and it's all about Genesis. So I was getting kind of steeped in uh, the word. And uh, I was at first, you know, it, it was all metaphor to me. That's, that's how I saw it. This is all metaphor. But, you know, just having that tiny door opened up, I realized, okay, there, so there is some utility to this book. And I started to read it a little bit, a little bit. Um, my wife and I started, we, at the time we were just dating, we would read it at night, um, a couple pages each night. Our idea was, you know, we're going to read the whole Bible. Um, but this was for me just a learning thing. I thought this is just another ancient book that I need to, you know, log into the, the digital memory bank. That's, that is, you know, what I've learned over my life. I did not take it seriously. And um, it was only a couple months later from that, that I was coming out of a subway in uh, downtown Toronto subway uh, station. And um, the whole world around me, just as I was walking across the street, just slowed to a near halt. And I felt this overwhelming sense of joy and gratitude and peace. Like it was like, as if, you know, when you, you, you have that smile, when something so beautiful is happening, it felt like every cell in my body was smiling and I was walking slowly, uh, normal speed, but it felt like I was walking slowly across this. It only lasted for about 15 seconds, but I felt God so deeply at that moment. I was like, okay, there's a God. I'm not an atheist anymore. There's a God. I didn't know it was Jesus Christ. I didn't know that it was a, the father. I didn't know it was the Holy spirit, but I knew there's a God. Now, unfortunately, due to my background in, um, new age stuff, I started to slip into this. It's the universe thing, <laughs> <laughs> which I can see now is just so wrong, but you know, God revealed himself to me in this incredible way and what it could feel like to, to have the kingdom of heaven present inside of you. And I went home and I, I told my wife, Susha about it. And, um, you know, she was really, she was really excited, but it, like I said, it didn't take long for me to, to start to think like, oh, okay, this, this is, you know, this is the universe. So I started reading a whole bunch of books on new age spirituality. I was beginning to take it more seriously now as an actual religion, as opposed to just like a practice, like, uh, as witchcraft is a practice, it's not really the religion. Um, so I started doing that and it, it took me so long um, to, in that, to realize, like I learned a lot. If you don't mind me saying, I did learn a lot um, doing that. Like I learned about, you know, the ego and I learned about, I did a lot of meditation. I learned how to control my anxiety and my depression um, and different problems I was having. But, you know, I was, I was smoking weed every day. Um, I wasn't drinking at the time because I was smoking and I preferred that I was taking uh Vyvanse prescribed to me by a doctor. So nothing illegal there, uh, every day. Um, and, uh, uh, 
you know, so I was really like not living a very good life of smoking nicotine through a vape nonstop. So, you know, like the spirituality, when the rubber hit the road, it wasn't doing anything for me. Um, it wasn't providing me with any comfort, any sense of peace or anything like that. I started microdosing on psilocybin mushrooms that brought me a lot of gratitude temporarily um, in, in small doses. So I was having all these like experiences with the earth and um, I can really relate to one of the things you said with, you said when you were 18, you were like picking up garbage or something. I actually had did the same thing with Susha uh, at our apartment building. We decided, you know, let's grab a garbage bag and pick up the garbage in the common area that was just all across the grass. And it was totally just, you know, it was an earth thing. Like I felt like, you know, we're stewards of the earth, which we are, um, but not in the way that I thought, right. It's not a, it's not a spiritual new agey thing. The earth is not our God. So I did all that. And, uh, uh, slowly and slowly and slowly, I was having these deep spiritual experiences. And then uh, in 2021, and there's just so many things I could say there, I won't, I won't get into it. But after a year of horrible experiences during the COVID-19 thing, um, I was just so depressed and so anxious. And uh, I went away on, uh, I'm still employed by the, by the military, but I went away on a training uh, thing in New Brunswick, which is just north of Maine. Uh, I was away from Ksusha for <clears throat> about a month. And uh, I started watching, I don't know if you know, I don't know, David Icke. No, he's, I don't. So he, he's like a new age, you know, kind of guy. I was listening to his thing on Gaia, which was a TV subscription that I had for new age stuff. And he started talking about Gnostic Christianity. And that was the first time I considered Jesus at all as something. And the way he introduced it was that Jesus was an enlightened person who had um, a path to get to enlightenment, to nirvana. And when you got there, it was like a cloak of light placed over you. Obviously blasphemy. But, you know, it was enough to show me Jesus. And I remember I started reading the Gnostic scriptures while I was on this training course. And as I was reading them, some of them were uh, excerpts from the Bible. And I didn't know that. But when I was reading them, I would just have this wave of emotions come over me. I would just start crying out of nowhere, you know, bawling my eyes out by myself in this room. We were in isolation because of the, the procedures that they were doing. I was all by myself for two weeks. And I was just crying my eyes out, crying my eyes out. Like I couldn't even believe it. And then I was like, okay, I need to look into Jesus. So I turned away from the Gnostic scriptures. And I started watching this TV show called The Chosen. And so I, I saw Jesus in The Chosen. And uh, I watched that first episode with him with uh, introducing himself to Mary Magdalene. And I was just in tears the whole time, just nonstop crying. I was like, oh, my God, like, what is this? And then I was like, OK, I need to start reading the Bible. And I started reading the Bible for about a month, very lightly. I was reading it on, a, on an app. And it was so powerful. I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I was like, you know, I didn't think Jesus was the Messiah, but I was like, there's something here. Like Jesus is somebody for sure. Um, and I knew I was like, okay, I know God exists. It's, it seems like it's this guy. And, but maybe J Jesus is like, you know, one of the enlightened people just trying to show you, you know, like Muhammad shows the Muslims and this guy shows this guy. And Jesus is here to show Western Canadian, American Europeans. This is the way to get to, uh, the universal creator. And so I'm reading that. And then I really wanted to quit my, uh, 
my drug use, all of it. And uh, I was just really like, it was really like bothering me, the amount of nicotine I was smoking and the weed, I was just like nonstop. And then one night I had a dream and God actually revealed himself to me, not visually, but uh, in words. And all he said to me was two words. He said, just ask. And I knew he meant just ask for help. And I was like, I forgot about it the next morning, but that evening I was sitting there puffing on my nicotine and I had a, I was doing work uh, from home, but I had a J like a joint sitting on the, the ashtray and I had my nicotine vape and I had taken my Vivance pill a couple of hours earlier. So I was just like out to lunch completely not living a good lifestyle. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to ask. So I just, I asked God, can you help me? And it started with the nicotine instantly, instantly, all of the feelings of the nicotine addiction disappeared instantly. I couldn't even believe it. It was like, it was unbelievable. And over the next couple of days, I, I was immediately, I never puffed on it again. I put it down. I was like, I'm done. And I felt this feeling like so many tears and so much crying. And I was like, I can feel this pain in my body. There was a moment where I was like starting to lose my vision a little bit. The nicotine addiction was so strong. My vision was darkening, and I was like, I don't even feel it. It's not even bothering me. I could see that my body was physiologically responding to the lack of nicotine and the withdrawal, but that I was completely shielded and sheltered from it. It really felt like his arms were around me. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is something else. Like this is real. This is not some guy from 2000 years ago. This is now it's real. I couldn't even believe it. it. About a week later, I stopped taking my pill. No, no issues. And I stopped smoking nicotine or uh, cannabis a uh, couple of weeks after that. And when I finally stopped the drugs, I had been reading for another month the Bible and it started to convict me. And I was like, oh God, like <laughs> I'm a really bad guy. Like I've done so many bad things, you know, not, you know, I think, you know what I mean when I say that as Christians, sometimes people hear that and they're like, what did you do? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, you know, like I'm a fallen sinner and, uh, you know, all of the things, the pride and the lusts and all those things. And I just realized I'm like, <clears throat> there's, I'm just so bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. And, um, <clears throat> I, I finally realized Jesus is God. And I, I begged for forgiveness one night. I went into the bedroom and closed the door, turned the lights off. And I just like fell to my knees and I was crying for two hours, begging for forgiveness. And then I felt it like just a wave over me, like of forgiveness and all the guilt that I was carrying and the shame, years of shame and guilt gone instantly. I knew at that moment, I'm like, I'm devoting my life to this. You know, I love you, Jesus. And thank you for what you did for me. And I couldn't, there was no feeling was so powerful. And, um, that was in October and I still had problems after that. You know, I, I considered that to be my salvation. I still had problems after that, you know, things, I still needed to correct some parts of my behavior needed to be ironed out. And, you know, my language, I, I swearing like a trucker that took time. Um, but you know, it was just so incredible. And, you know, the best thing about it, um, was that my wife was there waiting for me as a Christian and she had married me as an atheist, which is hard to believe. 
because she herself has a great relationship with God. But at the end of it, the best part was that she was right there waiting. And so I had somebody ready to grow in the faith and embrace me and just strengthen our marriage and just such a beautiful life-changing thing what Jesus Christ did. And it's, it's like nothing I've ever experienced. It's better than anything I've ever seen. And it's something, you know, you, when Jesus said, you know, go and spread this and evangelize to people, it's like, (laughs) you don't have to tell me. (laughs) I want to share it because it's so incredible. So, yeah. Yeah, that is amazing. And I am so happy you have shared your testimony. And it just really shows um, a few things. One, it's like the enemy wants to use new age to distract people and to put them on a different path um, that is like similar or close to getting to God. It's like, oh, you're worshiping the universe. I see so much online, like, oh, like this happened today. Thank the universe. And I'm just like, no, like it's God. Like God is the one to worship. Like who created the universe? It was God. Um, But it's really funny because it just makes me think like Jesus is probably up there just laughing at the enemy saying like, you think that you're pulling these people away with the new age stuff, but what you're really doing is helping them get to me. Cause I, I came from the new age and I know lots of people that have come from the new age and I just think it is um, one way that Jesus will pull people out, you know? He's going to pull people out of there. And then also hearing how he has healed you from nicotine, from marijuana, from being on um, medication. That is amazing. And it's amazing because it talks about in the Bible, you know, 2000 years ago, him heal or yeah, 2000 years ago, him healing people. And, um, he hasn't stopped and he's not going to stop and he's here with us and he is in right. us. Um, we have the Holy spirit and he can heal and we can help people understand that and learn that. And yeah, it's just, it's so amazing. And it's just so exciting to hear your testimony, especially since you were just saved just recently. Saved. Yes. Yeah. So thank yes, you. So it's, much. it's so, Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's it's, it was really awesome getting to share it with you. And, um, yeah, I feel I'm, I'm really happy that we were, were able to do this. So thank yeah. you for that. You're welcome. Can I ask, where were you in the Bible? Um, you said you like had that month of reading in the Bible, um, during that time. Ooh. Sorry. Something just popped up. Did you see that too or no? No. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom sending me something. But uh, anyway, so where were you in the Bible when you said you had that month of reading the Bible and um, during that time of like when you were stopping nicotine or Jesus was helping you stop nicotine and five ants and all that, where were you reading in the Bible? I think I had started with uh, Jude um, because I, I wanted something really short. And I remember, I don't remember exactly what I read, but it it had something to do with, um, yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I started with Jude. I started with the letters, the really short ones. Then I did, I think, Peter. I read Peter and John's uh, two and three letters. Um, Yeah, I wanted something short and really to the point. So that's where I had started. Oh, yes, uh, 1 John 2.15 was one of the things that, that I remember reading that had a really big impact that, you know, um, love not the world for any man that loves the world, uh, doesn't have the love of the father in him. And that was, that was huge for me. 
Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I just have one more question. Um, if someone's listening right now and say they're in the new age or, you know, this is the first time they're really hearing about Jesus, what advice would you have to get closer to Jesus or get to know him? Um, or what, what would you say should be their next step if they are interested in growing their faith? I would say if you're still in the new age right now, take it to its total conclusion take it seriously, go right to the end of it, figure out where that line is and see what it can do for you. Don't just play around. If you're going to do the new age thing, then do it seriously. And I think you'll find that at the end of that road is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I love that you didn't say stop right now and go pray or something like that. I love that you were like, do it, take it seriously. Cause you'll be surprised where you, you might be surprised where you end up. So yes, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been so great. I I hope this helps other people. It's definitely helped me. It's definitely made me super excited. I can't wait to uh, publish this episode. Oh, thank you so much. God bless you and your family. And uh, it's, it's such a pleasure to be able to do this. Thank you for this fellowship opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I hope you have a great day and I'll be in touch. I'll let you know when this is up. You as well. Take care. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope that listening to Joseph's testimony has moved you. God has moved through him and through you that you were able to have open eyes and that you are able to get closer to Jesus, that your faith is able to grow. It was very exciting for me to hear his testimony. Um, It's just it's, it's just amazing to see all that Jesus does, all that God does. He has not stopped working. He has not stopped healing us. He has not stopped. This is his world. This is his plan. This is his timing. And all the chaos that goes on in the world, just know that this is all a plan. There is a purpose to it all. And it's good because God is good and we have to trust him and we have to pray to him and we have to um, just know that it's going to work out and that he's got us. Okay, guys. And as I promised, just like I said in the intro, we are starting a new thing for the podcast, which is an entrepreneur tip at the end. So I want to include that in this podcast episode, this testimony episode. Um, So my entrepreneur tip today, and I got this off the Bible app and I thought it was a wonderful tip. I thought it was very helpful. The tip today is don't put expectations on your goals for them to lead to happiness. So what that means is don't say I'll be happy when I make this much money, when I have this many people on my email list, when I am able to hire someone, when Jesus uses me to save someone. Of course, all of these things will make us happy, but we should not base our happiness off of when we get those things because we are going to be left um, feeling burdened because we're always going to be trying to get the next goal so we can feel joy and happiness. Joy and happiness does not come from our goals, okay? We are serving God in our business. We are serving God whether we... um, have a podcast, a blog, whether we have a store, 
no matter what we're doing, the goal should be to serve God and to serve others and to do God's plan and to do God's will. If he is willing, then we should be doing it. If he is calling us to do something, then that is what we should be doing. And then our happiness and our joy is going to come from him. Okay? So do not tell yourself, I'll be happy when. No. We have Jesus. He is our Lord and Savior. He gives us happiness. He gives us joy. Those things that we will strive for, they will give us temporary happiness, temporary joy. But there's always going to be another goal. And you're going to exhaust yourself and you're going to end up disappointed, you know, especially if you don't get that goal. So, um, of course, when we're planning uh, goals and accomplishing them, we're going to have a lot of ups and downs if we aren't getting those goals or if we are getting those goals. But with Jesus, mm -mm, no. Even our failures have opportunity to be celebrated when it comes to praising Jesus and following Jesus's plan. Think about this. Have you ever done something or launched a product and it did awful? You've posted a, um, a post, you posted a reel, you launched a product, you posted a podcast episode, you launched a membership um, group, you've done something and you thought it was going to be great and good and it did awful. Okay. It didn't do well. Has that happened to you? Because that has definitely happened to me. And of course it's disappointing. Yeah, sure. But there is opportunity for celebration in our failures. There is opportunity for celebration in our failures. I've had a fail launch and what I learned out of it um, was a lot. I learned what doesn't work, what does work. I learned that I'm able to actually accomplish, um, something. I'm able to create a product. Um, I sometimes have difficulty accomplishing tasks. And so I learned that I can actually do that. That is something I can do. And that's so cool. And that's awesome. And I learned along the way. So my happiness comes from what Jesus did for me on the cross and intentionally following his footsteps and doing what he has called me to do. God is in charge and it is his plan. His plan is good. Even when things aren't going amazing, his plan is good. I trust God. So put your faith in Jesus, ask for his guidance and take one step at a time daily in every task you do. Psalm 16:11 says, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore." All right, guys, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for this amazing day. Thank you for working through people, saving people, helping people. Thank you for all that you do. You as I've mentioned before, do not stop working. You've never stopped working. You are still saving people today. You are saving people right here, right now. And it is amazing. You have changed my life. You have changed others' lives. And you are still healing people. And it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And I am just so grateful for you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that this podcast will plant seeds in minds of unbelievers. I pray this podcast will grow people's faith who are believers 
And I pray that this podcast will help open minds of people who just don't know, who are just on the edge of like, what am I doing? You know, um, I just pray that this podcast glorifies you, God, and is a blessing to the world because you are working in it, Lord. So please, Lord, continue to guide us, continue to love us, continue to forgive us because we're all sinners saved by your grace. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right, guys. I hope you guys had the best day ever. And if this podcast episode spoke to you, please share it. Please share it with your friends. Please share it with your family. Please share it with your coworkers. Please share it with someone on the internet that you see is in the new age or see is an atheist. Just share this podcast episode. You do not know how it could affect them. Okay. Our job is to plant seeds and then God grows those seeds. So one way to plant seeds is we can share people's testimonies or we can share our own testimonies or we can share Jesus with them or, you know, there's so many different ways, but this could be one way to plant seeds is to share this testimony, to share this podcast episode. So please share it if it spoke to you and God bless you. God bless your family. Have the best day ever.